Hi there, this is Kirby Scofield with Scofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Scofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us, kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U.com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Coy Show. We got to get you in the right mood here. Set the table. My magic organ. heart that he's got right now and probably the rest of his career and life he's gonna have a heavy heart for his mom. Mom had a great sense of humor. She was talking only recently about her boys, the Piscotti boys, playing naked wiffle ball in the backyard growing up. That's what it takes to get you to the show. (laughs) (laughs) And now the 0-2 pitch and Steven a drive to left headed for the monster and over the monster and gone. Scotty has given the A's a 3-0 lead. A tremendous shot over the green monster in left field. And 3-0 A's in the second. Well, that was a uh, magic moment there as Stephen Piscotty, uh, who at that time played for the Oakland A's, hit a home run in his first at-bat after his mom passed. Well, uh, the years have gone by, but the uh, the pain is still there. There's no no way around that. But the good news is that uh, they've taken all of that emotion, the whole family has, and redirected it. And if you're new to uh, ALS Cure, here's an opportunity for you to find out everything you need to know about it and meet the guy who's really behind it. That's Steven's dad, Mike Piscotti, who's on with us right now. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Wayne, so great to see you. I've heard heard of you from you a bit since you've been to Vegas. Like, you know, I... Uh, I always think you're one of the guys with the biggest smile and the, and the biggest heart. And so it's, it's great to see you. Um, even love you sporting the silver and black there, big guy. Yeah, you know that's not going to change. In fact, uh, <laughs> I told them they followed me here, you know. I was going to say, we'll get into maybe that as well, <laughs> a, a double follow. But uh, all right, well, we'll catch us up. First of all, uh, how old is, is Steven now? Stephen is 32. 32, years old. okay. Yeah. And and he he has how many brothers? He has two. Um, Stephen's the oldest. He's 32. Um, Nick's the little boy. He's uh, 30. And uh, he played a little ball himself. He, he went to, uh, he was drafted out of high school as a pitcher by the Royals, but uh, he went to Duke instead. And, uh, and then ended up having some arm issues. But uh, so uh, he got to play a little ball. My youngest, Austin, uh, I was a shortstop at St. Mary's College. He got drafted by the A's and 
now he's an accountant. So we still, Stephen's still hanging on a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> baseball and, uh, um, he's now with the White Sox organization. Which is uh, kind of crazy, right? Because uh, I know he was in the Midwest before with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit of a return to that part of the country for him. Does he like it there in the Midwest? Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, particularly, uh, you know, in the St. Louis, Kansas City, City area, those are just some of the best baseball fans, you know, that are around. You right? can say barbecue, around. Mike. It's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's actually excited to get, see if he can get called back up with the White Sox. He's in AAA, kind of getting a swing back now. And uh, now that they've uh, picked him up on a minor league contract, he's hoping he'll get an opportunity up there. Um, it'll be great. That's that. Uh, the Cardinals were playing the White Sox when he had his first at bat in the majors. So um, there you go. It's it was ago, it's so. what's the word? It's serendipity. There you go. Right. Glad you said that. Yeah. Right. So uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was with the Giants for a minute, right? And that would have been kind of nice because it would have been close for Dad to get out to the ballpark. Yeah, we we're, we're hopeful. Um, you know, we we're we we're grateful the Giants gave an opportunity in the spring training and. Uh, no, he had, he had a good spring. He and, did. Uh, it's just a crowded just, uh, outfield over there. So uh, we, were, we were a little surprised that, uh, you know, he got released. But, uh, you know, all in all, um, you know, you work hard and, and good things will happen to you. Heck, yeah. So, uh, so well, we so real- by way, again, of introduction, if you don't mind, I mean, we heard that that piece there at the beginning where Stephen hit that home run. Yeah. Um, can you take us back to, I guess, maybe from from, well, first of all, your wife was just a, a trooper. I mean, uh, she was yeah. at every game for all the boys, uh, as were you. And then, uh, and then you got this news. So, how did you deal with that? Well, you know, it, it, it was an interesting life. You know, we we you know raised our family. You know, in Pleasant in the Livermore area, I, I coached a lot of baseball. And there were times that I coached all three teams at the same time because um, I'm a bit of a nut like that. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, Gretchen uh, supported me in that, and she was just the ultimate team mom, um, you know. And, uh, you, know, you know, fast forward after she passed, we were um, given the uh, George Bush uh, Little League Parents of the Year Award. Whoa. Uh, um, a little bit after that. And, you know, it, it was an organization that we truly um, grew up with and appreciated when, you know, the boys were younger. And, you know, life was kind of going going kind of kind of good. You know, Stephen was – you know, actually with the Cardinals at that point, Nick was uh, pitching at Duke. Austin, I think, probably, I don't know if he had started at St. Mary's or not at that point. But, um, you know, life was kind of going along. And then um, Gretchen started feeling some symptoms in her, in uh, of like drop foot. You know, she was under her gate. I remember walking through St. Louis in the airport. And she goes, do you hear my gate? Sounds kind of funny. You know, and she's kind of a complop, complop sort of thing. So, you know, we went and had it looked at and, you know, for a long time, you know, people thought it might be your back and there's some sort of nerve damage. Um, and so you start down this path where you're kind of investigating a lot of things. She actually had a back surgery. Um, and then when that didn't do it, you know, we started seeing neurologists and, uh, you know, then you do tons of the nerve tests. And, and then you, then you start doing the stuff where you're, you're getting tests for Parkinson's and heavy metals and, 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 and a number of these neurological things that cause neurological disease and, and you're hoping you have one of them because you know, when you, the last thing, when you don't have it, um, the diagnosis is ALS. And, right. and unfortunately, um, that happened. Um, and, and, uh, we got, we were at UCSF, good people there, but it's just the hardest thing. Gretchen called it the day the bomb dropped. And, um, you know, you, you, you know, you just really kind of, you know, I remember sitting in the parking lot, um, afterwards just thinking, well, 
you know, we know that this is a, a not a curable disease, right? At that's this point, and and you're just going to make a pact to make every day is the the greatest day it can be because that's the day God's given you, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we started off on that path. And how much did um, you how much did you know about ALS? I'm guessing nothing really, right? Very little, yeah. honestly. You know, I knew of uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Funny, funny, kind of her. Uh, you know, Stephen um, in high school had to write a, an essay, and he chose Lou Gehrig. And uh, seriously, I remember, yeah, before Gretchen, before Gretchen was yeah. diagnosed. Wow, and Stephen was in high school, and so wow, you know, um, I, I edited it a little bit too, so I, I probably learned my little bit about ALS probably from reading his, his high school uh, term paper. Yeah, so this is a, a learning curve for for the whole family. How's Gretchen's uh, demeanor and her attitude and uh, her yeah. spirit? How was all yeah, of that she, throughout it all? She was a, uh, an amazing, um, she's, she's always been an amazing person. She was a very um, um, social person, um, just had tons of friends. And she's one of those type of people that you would talk to and, you know, she wants to hear about how you're doing, Right. And, uh, and so, um, you know, that's kind of how she went and that endeared her to a lot of people. Um, and, um, those friends, um, really came around and supported her, um, tremendously during this time. Um, you know, at, at some point, um, you know, you become, you know, with ALS, basically what happens with ALS is your nerve, the, the, your nerves break down in a sense, the ones that transmit the signal from your brain to your muscles to move. And those are called motor neuron cells. They make up your your nervous system and those motor neuron cells in ALS die for some reason. We don't know why, but they, but they do. And so you kind of, as, as they're dying, you, you lose the ability to control different muscles in your body. Right. And, um, and so it's a progression, right? You know, you start off, you're having trouble walking and then maybe one day now you can't walk anymore. Now you're in a wheelchair. Maybe one day you, uh, you know, can't sw- swallow or you have a hard time breathing. And, and so your, your body's just, um, breaking you know, down, really losing its ability to control the muscles that need to, yeah. to keep keep you alive. And you know, as as we started getting into more of the kind of more of the paralysis state, if you will, you know, where you can't really move your legs or your arms all that much. Um, I had just a six. We call them the night angels. There were six of Gretchen's friends that would come um, one every night, and uh, um, you know, I'd, I'd start off with Gretchen in the in the bed. I was still trying to work half time. And, um, and so I would stay there till, you know, maybe three or four in the morning and then I'd kind of tag out and then they, uh, um, they night angel would come in, one of our friends and, uh, help her the rest of the day. And I'd go off work till noon and get back wow. and take care of things. Um, you know, so I, you know, I was Gretchen's caregiver, you know, um, in, in a sense, along with his team, um, you know, as, as someone becomes paralyzed and you can't move, you have to go from your chair to the bed, to the toilet, to the... Sure, you know, and that all involves cleaner. somebody yeah. else. Yeah. All, all these lifts, and so I did every lift for her. I was, you know, glad that I could, and I had the strength to do it. And uh, and uh, so, it, you know, it, it was um, uh, a fair amount of work. She always kept a great attitude about it. You know, um, she, she always welcomed her friends. And, it, it, you know, it, it, it's something that, um, you know, as I... I talked to a lot of people about ALS, Wayne, and, and um, you know, they call me and say, hey, you know, an uncle or a sister or somebody has just been diagnosed and mm. would, would you mind talking to them about it? And, 
and um, you know, and, and you know, I, I spend that time um, because I've been there, right? You know, I walk walk those um, that path, and, um, and and Gretchen was just amazing. We were so proud of her, and and you know, really one of the reasons that um, you know, I mean, clearly we just had a lot of love for her, um, but we were also so um, I guess honored and 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 proud of her. But how she was, um, you know, she she brought ESP, let ESPN come in for for two days. Oh, that that piece is something else, man. I mean, so whew. you know, and you know, it was you know not showing her in her best light. You know, we got rest, you know, all the all kinds of equipment on her, and um, and she said, as long as nobody has to suffer my fate, bring them on. So, you know, we we really felt that after she passed, we kind of it took me about a month to decompress. Um, and I remember I was on a uh, working out at the club and I, I saw that Dwight Clark passed away about a month after Gretchen did. ALS and, as well. Yeah. It was ALS. And so I, that was kind of my, I took that as my, uh, you know, little cue to get off the couch to stop pouting and, and, uh, you know, and, and honor her. So that's basically when I decided that we would, um, you know, really start working looking into how we could, uh, work towards, um, getting a secure for ALS. And I started learning a lot at that point. How are the boys at this point? I mean, obviously, besides being distraught after yeah. losing their mom, were they also like, "Look, Dad, we got to make a difference, and we're we're into whatever we have to do. We're going to do it." Yeah, you know, they're everybody grieves in a different way, Wayne. You know, and I, I think I, I think they came in more gradually. I wouldn't say you know we we decided we wanted to do this, but. You know, it, it's really painful, right? Mm, and, sure. and so um, it, it, it took them you know, just a little bit of time. It was just really a matter of, of months. And then once we got going, um, um, Stephen really um, stepped up for sure. And, you know, so, you know, it, you know, being kind of the face since he's, a, you know, a celebrity about in terms of the major baseball season, sure. we thought that that could help. And, and the other boys took other roles. And, and there we went off down the road trying to figure out. You know, speaking of roles, I, I was, you know, the, the Oakland A's have been um, huge supporters of me. And uh, um, they they put me on payroll as the ALS, uh, what was my advocate or something like that. And, um, and, and and so they actually funded me to go to international ALS conferences um, wow. to uh, learn um, about where we were with the research and, and trying to. Okay, then fine. I take back everything I've said in the last week. <laughs> No, I don't. Okay, so that's I, that, I, you know, I, I was a season ticket holder for about thirty-five years. Yeah, so, so, so this is a little, little challenging. For same, me, same boat um, yeah. as well. Well, okay, well that's cool, and that gave you a chance to sort of spread the gospel. And I've been uh, indoctrinated. You know, I've been able to yeah. sort of see up close what your organization organization does. It's ALS Cure, not to be confused with any other organization that's out there what makes you unique though is every penny that you raise goes towards finding a cure correct yeah we're um that is a a, a unique aspect and i'm really happy with it um comes with its own challenges a bit but uh you know we're 100 volunteer we have nine board members all work gratis um i've got a research council of um some of the top uh ALS doctors in the country, um, and uh, they all work gratis um, on the research council as well, and, and advice, give us some advice. Um, but yeah, you know, we pay. I think it's probably ninety-eight percent. Honestly, I think we uh, 
I think we have to pay for MailChimp and a few things, but mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't have any um, salaries to pay, no offices um, to rent, and uh, you know, no lavish board retreats for us. So we uh, we're, we're real serious about you know really leveraging the dollars that come in. Um, you know, we raise them privately, so you know, it's through things like you know, you know, golf tournaments and right. country music concerts, and uh, you know, we're doing, we got a top golf event coming up. You know, uh, dinner galas, and then you know, obviously you get some um, straight donations as well. Um, but when that money comes in, we it's it's gold to us, and and um, you know, we 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 work real hard to make sure it goes to the research that we think is the most um, oh I don't uh, urgently uh, needed to get us to, towards a cure. I I, I kind of want people to know that you know with ALS right now we don't have um, um, obviously. We, we don't have a cure. Um, it's we don't know why the disease starts. We don't know why it progresses, and we really don't have a biomarker, um, which is also known as a test for ALS. Which is why you know Gretchen went through. I, I mentioned all those different tests, and when you don't have one of those, you have ALS. Well, you know things really haven't changed that much since um, Gretchen passed uh, in in terms of that. But um, one of the things that's important, Wayne, is we have to come up with a target for the therapies. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I tell people, you know, we have, think of the COVID ball, right? Everybody can think of that little spike ball. Yeah. Now we see that and guess what? Now there's vaccines, right? And and, and, and so there's treatments. And then with with ALS, we don't have that COVID ball. So not, not having the knowledge about why the disease starts and progresses and tests, this inhibits the um, pharmaceutical companies from wanting to invest because it's too risky, um, and and so we're trying to de-risk that. Do they they, they, they feel like they're just spending money and they're not going to see any any results for what they're putting in? It, yeah, I mean, it, you know, drug companies are kind of like oil companies. If you look at it from a business model, they prospect, right? They take you know ten or twelve drugs that they invest lots of money in, and if right. one of them hits, it carries the whole company, right? But to get them to put that kind of money into drug development for ALS doesn't make sense because they don't really know what they're targeting. Right. Um, th there's a few cases. There's one, the SOD1. Um, there's just an, an announcement that SOD1, there's a therapy um, um, that was developed for it. And it's a it, it's a bit of an anomaly in ALS. Um, it, it, it accounts for about 3% of the uh, ALS patients. It, it's genetic. It's horrible. So it's passed, it can be passed down 50-50 chance to your kids. Um, and, wow, and was, I did not know that. Really, 50%. Yeah, 50, 50 chance, right? Wow. So if you have a child, you have ALS, you have the gene, you and your wife have a child, that gene has a 50, 50 chance of going into that child, right? Mm. And there's others. There's C9 orphans, a few others. But this SOD one, it was awesome. FDA approved a, a, an early access drug um, that hopefully will help some in that in that for those SOD one patients. Um, it's not, I don't believe, a cure. I think it's still a bit of a, uh, a slow it down drug where, um, you know, and there's a few out there that um, people have tried um, that that hopefully will slow the disease progression down, right? Um, and if given early, you know that's it's good. If you if you're in the latter stages of ALS and your quality of life isn't that great, being kind of fully paralyzed and not be able to breathe on your own, and you know you may not want to, may or may not want that to go on that much longer, right? Right. No, that's almost like you're on life support. Right? And it's not just a U.S. thing. I mean, this is a disease that uh, is around the world. How How is the rest of the world in terms of awareness and activity? You know, it's it's amazingly, uh, you know, I would say in Europe, 
Canada, Australia, or some um, Italy, um, uh, well, Netherlands, I guess all of Europe, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, there's some fairly active um, research going on um, there. And, um, you know, we've, we, one of the things that we do, um, you know, I, I mentioned I coached a lot and, and um, a lot. I, <laughs> so, um, but I believe in, in, in you know, in, in teamwork and synergy. You know, you always show up with 12 kids every year and you don't need 12 shortstops, right? So everybody's got to find their role um, in order for that team to be effective. And, and uh, so we, you know, I, I really wanted to get more of a team, pretty, uh, really an international team um, um, to the table here. And, um, and, and so we, I, I started this I, about two years ago during COVID, actually it was three years ago during COVID, um, I started something called the ALS Innovation Symposium. And uh, that year, I think we had about 85 international researchers, like from five countries. Mm -hmm. And we got them together in workshop style um, to allow them to just communicate with each other, collaborate, look for synergistic ideas, novel ideas. Um, we created our first roadmap to a cure strategic document. Um, that grew next year. We, I think we had 115 um, uh, researchers this year. Um, I think we're at 150 at this point. Um, we're, we're, Great. We're, we have um, 150 international researchers from uh, 19 nations um, uh, represented. And uh, we, it's the same sort of format. We had an awesome virtual uh, platform. You, know, you show up into the plenary session and then they, we, we create, um, we have an advisory council, international advisory council. We create topics and questions for the breakouts. And these researchers who many of them have never met each other before, um, get into these workshops and, and, and it's amazing what comes out of them. Wayne. It, it, you know, actually I got goosebumps thinking about it right now. And, um, you know, this kind of, this is the kind of, that's you how know, you get I, a I cure, I think, right? You get, you get people that are all working on it separately and then they share information. And it's like, really? I, I thought that too. And then yeah. you go down that path maybe. Yeah. You know, last year, Wayne, we funded, we, we were, we wanted to do a little more than just create a plan. Um, so we funded 150 grand worth of um, seed research pr projects. Um, there was three that were selected and um, doing some amazing work. One of them, for instance, is using um, organoids um, that are um, developed from stem cells in the Netherlands at the University of Utrecht. And that project is working with Lawrence Livermore Lab that is, has a brain on the chip um, platform and, and you can think of these motor neuron cells with electrodes on them. And so it's able to, you know, you're able to simulate in a dish. You know, they're able to grow motor neurons in a dish, first of all. And they're able to actually connect to each other. Wow. They have these little things called axons that are like roots. And those roots are what allows one cell to connect to the next, right? It's called an axon. And um, and so now we have that on uh, um, at Livermore with the brain on the ship. And they're working with the, the, the organoid folks in uh, the Netherlands. And you know, so this kind of you know, really out of the box sort of thinking, right? Yeah. They would have never co connected if, if, you know, they hadn't come to the symposium and, and had those conversations. So, um, you know, all, all I'm doing is providing a platform, right? And, and then trying to get people together to have, give them an opportunity to have the discussions. Um, we try to raise some, some of our funds um, and, and, and uh, incent them <laughs> to, to work together. Mm -hmm. Our seed research projects require uh, two, Research minimum of two researchers from two different countries um, have to be involved in order to do it because we're really 
trying to put our money where our, where our mouth is about wanting an international team. Well, and speaking of, I mean, it's it's obviously not inexpensive. Research is expensive, right? Oh, so yeah. it's a never-ending need for you to continue to keep putting gas in the car because if you don't, all the work you've done up to this point, you know, it, it would be a horrible thing. So we have to keep yeah. it going, right? Absolutely. It's it's um very very helpful to keep keep the machine oiled and uh, and, and keep it moving. I mean, the more we can do, you know, we that I'm always very excited to see the um, new roadmap each year, right? And and some tremendous opportunities there. And yet, we can only fund a portion of it, right? And and, and so, um, the more funds we raise, the more we can um, sure support that. You know, it, it, you know. Certainly, you know, folks, you know, hear this and there's interest in uh, wanting to fund a seed research project. Uh, maybe that doesn't make the cut. It won't be because it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's going to be because we ran out of money. Of course. Right. And um, uh, but what I've seen and the reason we've chosen to do seed, you know, we're not giving out money like DOD and, and uh, you know, NIH and, and others, but we wanted to be impactful. So so we're, we're working on, again, the, you know, the, the basic research. But we're trying to be novel and we're trying to do this, you know, what I think is very helpful is when you do these seed projects, because oftentimes a new collaboration gets formed and it could be a very awesome idea, like the organoids and brain on the chip, for instance. And that work in itself could then be those researchers could apply for uh, larger grants from the government. Okay. For instance, right? and, and then so that, that money kind of uh, magnifies itself, right? You know, sure. we, we, that's why we call it seed, because we hope that when we choose something, that they'll have an opportunity then to um, continue that work, and it uh, grows. Yeah, and it grows. Yeah. So how can uh, how can people help if you're hearing this right now? Whether you live in the Bay Area, you live in Las Vegas, or anywhere around the world, what can, what can people do? You know, uh, particularly folks that are around the world, um, uh, you know, the the best thing that you know is, is to donate. We're we are a five hundred one three C charity. You know, you get your tax receipts all that um you can do that at alscure.org okay um alscure.org and um, you can donate we welcome donations um they can also reach out to me i um you have to let me know if i can share my email here i don't know if i can you can do whatever you want mike it's it's my show go ahead all right well i'm mike p m-i-k-e-p p for piscotti at alscure, A-L-S-C-U-R-E dot net. And, uh, you know, if you have any ideas, if sometimes, uh, uh, you know, it, it's great if folks have the discretionary money, but not, you know, in this economy, not everybody has it, right? right. To be honest. But, it, you know, and every, every little bit helps. That's one way. Um, others are to maybe have a novel idea on how we can do a fundraiser. You know, we're looking at doing one up on a boat up in Seattle this summer and, and some other things. I'm always uh, wanting to have fun with our events. So I always say we put the fun in fundraising. Well, probably um, I think the most viral uh, fundraise ever started on, on the internet and it was ALS yeah. that got it going, correct? Yeah. Um, that, that went, yeah, that, that was the bucket challenge, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm very open to ideas. If folks have that, you know, again, it may not be that you have that much discretionary money to donate, but maybe you have a great idea that you think would be fantastic in your neck of the woods, wherever that might be. Or time, um, right? Feel free to reach out because we, we don't mind traveling and, and, and um, you know, trying to support. It's, it's something that we work, uh, work hard at and, and uh, uh, you know, 
Again, that's how we, we put gas in the tank. I guess, yeah, right? sure. Well, you know, we've got a top golf here. Uh, been here uh, for a little while. So if this event that you're about to do does yeah. as well as I think it's going to, I think you need to bring the show to Vegas. And how about Boise, Idaho? They just got a brand new Top Golf. Is that right? Yeah. You know, it, it is so much fun, Wayne. I, I, I'd like to do more of them, honestly. Um, we we did it last year, and in, in the San Jose Top Golf is brand brand new last year. Beautiful facility, great, you know, decor, and and it was people had the most fun. Oh my goodness! You know, we get together for about three hours, and basically we're eating and drinking and golfing, right? Yeah. And, and playing these games, and they're you know you don't have to be any good at it. Right, which right. is awesome. It was all kind of, we put different games up there. Some are for the experts, and some are just for fun. But people, well, are hooping, that that's the secret. Oh I think Mike, the the secret is that you don't have to be a golfer to go to Top Golf and just have a great time. No, yeah. and we you know we have a spectator ticket. You know, if you want to just come and, and enjoy join in on the fun, that's great. Or um, you know, it, it it really is uh, a hoot, and and uh, we're excited. We we'll have some um, uh, former. Uh, players there, uh, uh, major league players. I think Joe, mighty Joe Blanton from the A's is All right. come, and you know Aaron Miles is coming, and uh, there's a guy who I can't wait to meet. I haven't met him yet. I've seen some interviews. Um, his name is Tiny Felder, and played for the Giants uh, and uh, an outfielder. And uh, I'm really excited to have him. I think he's going to be a, a hoot. And we're, we're hoping maybe a few of the Giants guys might show up. It's, we got an off day for the Giants, so we're we're still hopeful that a couple. Uh, Will, so you you it. haven't completely uh, disowned them, at, you know, because they they cut Steven. So you didn't. You know, I'm I'm a baseball fan, you know, and yeah. I, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's when it comes down to it, it's a, a business is a business. It you know, got, you know, it, it clearly wasn't didn't feel great, right? But, uh, but uh, we're we're glad he landed on his feet, and uh, I like how you just move on. I live vicariously through you in that regard. <laughs> Because I linger, and I probably shouldn't. So um, we we got to get a cure for this thing, Mike. I know uh, it's it's something that you guys are working hard on, and I just think that, uh, well, this is May 1st, and this is ALS Awareness Month. So we're starting off on the first day of the month. We wasted no time. So, if you again, if you have questions, one more time, please give out that website. It's ALSCure.org. Do I have that right? ALSCure.org. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, when is the Top Golf event in San Jose? San Jose, where it's May eighteenth. Uh, it's coming Thursday. up. Um, Going to be some awesome food. We got some great food. Drinks are wonderful, and uh, guaranteed to have a good time. It'll it'll put a smile on your face, and uh, we'll, we'll do some good for uh, for folks that are you know suffering this disease. So, um, man, I just uh, we would love to see you guys come out. I love your spirit, Mike. I love all the hard work that you've put in, and I love the fact that, you know, it won't be for naught, no matter what. I mean, the ball's definitely being kicked down the road, and somebody has to be able to be kind of up at the front of the line, leaders lead in times like this, and and that's what you do. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. You know, we we, Wayne, we, you know, called this the ALS Care Project because projects have an end, and and the end for us is uh, when we have a cure, yeah. And then I go fishing, and uh, <laughs> and that's it. So we're right. not looking to materially benefit from this. We're just, uh, you know, we. Oh, I don't. I don't want that day anymore to come where I, I hear the next person calls. Hey, my sister has ALS. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, we we just kind of want to get that over with. I really think that the technology exists. 
And uh, if we put an international team together, we're gonna we're gonna come up with a cure. I I I, I just really want to reach out. Thank you again. Uh, I'm glad I wore my colorful shirt because I knew you'd be wearing something. Heck yeah! I didn't no idea what you were gonna wear, but I had an idea it was gonna be. You got the memo, even though I didn't send one. No, I just know you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Mike Piscotti. Thank Thanks for inviting me on, buddy. You got Thank it. You. He is the president of the ALS Cure Project charity. And again, if you want to go to the website, alscure.org slash donate, if you can do that, that would be great for you to do. It is uh, ALS Awareness Month. And the, I guess the main thing is find out as much about it as you can and then tell other people and get involved. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Help out if you can. And a cure can be done. We can get there, okay? Appreciate that. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer Customer service course, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us, Kirby4U.com. That's K I R B Y, the number four, the letter U.com. Kirby4U.com or call 702 766 9538. Again, 702 766 9538. Do you need low-priced, quality health insurance for any reason right now? Then call MyHealthInsurance.com today. We specialize in helping American workers find affordable health insurance. You can save money on dental, vision, prescription drugs, too. Our message is simple. If you want affordable health insurance for you and your family, even if you have a medical condition, call right now. Is right now the best time for you to start looking for affordable health insurance? We have hundreds of plans to choose from. With one free phone call, you can learn about an affordable health insurance plan that fits your budget. Don't wait. It's a free call. Call now. 800-876-7061. 800-876-7061. 800-876-7061. That's 800-876-7061. MyHealthInsurance.com is owned and operated by IHC Specialty Benefits, a licensed insurance agency. We are not an insurance plan or provider. Not all plans are available in all areas. You may be contacted by an insurance agent. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 
right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-431-9102-800-431-9102-800-431-9102. That's 800-431-9102. Hey, listen to this. Share Life Vacations has a special treat for you. It's a free three-day, two-night getaway to either magical Orlando or exciting Las Vegas. It's your choice. Absolutely no strings attached. Share Life will also include a second vacation to your choice of over 30 additional popular resort destinations. Now, we can't give everyone a fantastic prize package like this, so to make it fair, we're going to ask you a trivia question. You get it right, you'll win it all. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. This movie is about a British Secret Service agent who is frozen in time in the 1960s. Was that movie Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery? Press 1. Diamonds are forever. Press 2. Lethal weapon. Press 3. Got it? Well, then call 855-301-8586. 855-301-8586. That's 855-301-8586. Hi, I'm Sheldon, the owner of Solid Motor Cars. I've spent over 30 years in the retail car business. It is all about the vehicles, but more than that, it's about the people. And my team and I are proud to bring to you what we believe is the finest experience in buying a pre-owned car. With great credit, we can get super low interest rates. But if you've had some challenges, we're experts in that field, and we can get almost anybody approved. Come down to Solid Motor Cars and take a look at our vehicles. They come with a six-month, 6,000-mile warranty. So when you get a vehicle from Solid Motor Cars, you can feel confident that that vehicle is a quality, properly reconditioned vehicle that will serve you and your family for years to come. So for all your automotive needs, whether it's a new car, truck, or SUV, or if it's repairs, service, and maintenance, solid wheels, solid deals, solid people. Coming down to meet the crew, my name's Sheldon. I'm the owner here. I'd love to help you any way that I can. 3024 East Fremont Street, 702-820-1444. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to DISH and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call DISH. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee, save yourself some money, and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206 800-586-4206 That's 800-586-4206 Welcome to Hash House of Go-Go where we've been serving farm food and crafted cocktails for over two decades. Visit us for the full Hash House experience at any of our five Las Vegas locations. Hash House of Go-Go is where old school meets new and gets twisted. We bring people together over good food and fun. Come in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and come hungry because our portions are huge. Visit us online to see our entire menu at hashhouseagogo.com. Hash House A Go-Go. It's a Midwest thing and there's nothing else like it. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. Hey, about the lonesome loser Beaten by the queen of hearts every time Have you heard about 
the lonesome loser He's a loser but he still keeps on
not filed in a few years with the IRS or state. It's time to get worried, and here's why. The IRS is getting back from their own COVID lockdown, and they're hiring more enforcers, and they're going to come after people that owe taxes. So if you're a 1099 worker, and maybe you just plain forgot to file your taxes, you need to call the professionals right now at the tax helpline. They are experts at knowing the tax regulations, and their goal is to help you pay as little as possible. Call right now and get a 100% free tax evaluation. Remember, before the IRS knocks on your door, knock on our door. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, make this free call right now. Call taxes 321 now at 800-203-3517. 800-203-3517. That's 800-203-3517. Now back to the Wayne Coy Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Wayne Coy! Hi, I'm Wayne. Oh, Mr. Wayne. Hi, hi, Mr. Wayne. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. Touchdown. Listen to what I say. Ladies and gentlemen, he's one of my best friends and one of the best comics in the business. Make some noise for Brett Ertz. Makes you give up. After the World War II generation, America just takes a nosedive. Like my generation. I don't even know what I am. Whatever, whatever the f*** Eminem is. Okay, what did we do? We didn't storm Normandy. What did we do? What, the East Coast, West Coast rap war? Is that our claim to fame? And that's another thing. If you're in your 40s and 30s, late 30s, stop commenting on what the music the kids are listening to. All right? Our music sucked too. Stop acting like all of our wish was dope. Yeah, make a Rico Suave. He was phenomenal, wasn't he? Yeah, Millie Vanilli. Remember them? They weren't even singing. Brett Ernst, welcome to our humble abode. It is so nice to have you here, man. I didn't think I would be a part of something like Cobra Kai. You know what I mean? And uh, that's. That's a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Being around everybody that talked that way, I was able to, uh, it was weird. I didn't even look at the audition until I was on the plane because I had to get off. I mean, I read it and then I was like, this is a show about the karate kid, but I didn't know the, all the details because I know, was the just, backstory. yeah, I yeah. was just so focused on, on doing the show on Saturday. So Sunday I read it and then I had the audition on Monday. So when I got off the plane, I just went right, right to the studio. And I auditioned and, you know, I, I had my accent back a little just by being oh, around so it everybody. Helped you were <laughs> it helped just a lot. coming from there. And then I was also wearing my buddy as, uh, uh, owns JR's Bar and Grill in Seaside Heights. Okay. And, um, I was wearing, uh, you know, the Maruka's Pizza shirt. I just, I just got right off the plane. Went you to were the all jerseyed out. I was, yeah. And then, you know, I, I just delivered it normal, yeah. you know, and, uh, and they just, you know, they liked it and then you test for it and then, then I got it. But I, I, I didn't know the full details until I got there. I mean, I learned once I got the role, and I remember showing up on set, and me and Dan Adut, who plays Anoush, my partner at the, yeah. at the car dealership, we both get on set. We had met in passing before because he was a stand-up as well, but we were both like, this is crazy. And then our first scene is when Johnny and, and Daniel meet for the first time on camera Yeah, at the car dealership. John Totoro says that to, uh, what's his name? The black guy with the tax problems, kills all the vampires. Blade. I appreciate the parental advice, Louis, but I don't think threatening a teenager is the go-to move here. Okay, kid, relax. We're just breaking balls. You know, season three, I get to redeem myself. Yeah. 
after setting Johnny's car on fire and ratting my cousin out. You said that was the very first scene? Well, when we, when we were on set and they both showed up, and again, I had met them individually. Were you tripping? Like, yeah, I was looking at, at Dan going, you know, holy. <laughs> it was surreal. And again, because that movie was such a big part of my childhood. Sure. I mean, you know, being an Italian-American from New Jersey and then moving to Florida was kind of like the same thing with a single mom. And believe it or not, there was a lot of similarities between Daniel's mom and my mom. Really? Yeah, well, with the whole innocent. Remember when they're pushing the station wagon? Yep. She's like, hi, boys, and they're making fun of her, and she don't even realize it. Right. That's exactly how my mom would, would be <laughs> and is. Yeah. Very not, not very naive to situations sometimes, sure. to, to see that in there and yeah. to be a part of it. It was pretty cool, man. How many seasons? Six. This is the final one. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, so we, we I think they're going to start shooting soon. But, but you have no idea what's going to happen. Right? None. No, I'm okay. not in the writer's room. You know, right. I wish. Right. If so I'd suggest I get killed on the show. It'd be great. You would you the, like that season? Yeah, to go out, yeah. <laughs> like 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 a savage. But you wouldn't. You'd you'd fall off the billboard or something. So yeah. Well, I don't know. I just hope I get involved in more of the physical altercations. Yeah, but the now. thing is, if you get killed off and there's ever a reunion or they bring it back again, yeah, I then, guess you're right. You know, or maybe I just get hit by a car because that'd be ironic. It's temporary. You know? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> It would be very ironic. So what's next for you? I mean, you, you love stand up, right? I mean, yeah, it's I just, always going to be part of your life. It's, 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 it's my first love. My only, it's my, you know, everything's parallel. So, you know, you, you keep auditioning and if something else comes up, that's great. But stand up is, you know, I just shot a new special March 2nd in New York. I already shot it. Oh, wow. I produced it with Pete Davidson. So hopefully we'll find a home for that. Tell me about him. Keep, keep moving. Just keep moving forward. Great kid, man. Is Boss, he? Oh, God. What what a great guy, man! Really is funny kid too. He seems so aloof, and I I'm just like, is that real or you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, you what's know, the movie he made where he's in the basement, which is kind of basically based on his real life? It's uh, Staten Island Kings, and then uh, <laughs> that movie uh, that movie's kind of autobiographical. But you know, the crew of guys that I'm friends with in comedy, from you know Burr to him to Paul Verzi. To Sebastian Maniscalco, yeah. like you know, uh, there's a nice guy. We have a, a whole great because we all we all came up together. But I knew Pete when he was younger. You know what I mean? Because like you know, a kid to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was all you know, just always a cool kid, man. Wow, was that a fun visit? Can't wait to have him back. And you know what? There's more fun around the corner, more laughter with uh, one of my favorite comedians of all time. Her name is Debbie Gutierrez, and she's coming to Las Vegas, and we're going to find out what she's got in store for us. going to be at the MGM Grand, and we'll catch up with Debbie in just a few minutes. Live from Las Vegas, this is The Wayne Coy Show.
what the song say you can't trust that day debbie Gutierrez? Yeah, yeah but it's one seventh of our lives so come on yeah that's true i'm not gonna look at it that way uh it's also uh i just saw this this morning it's mercury retrograde if you're into all of that that's a uh, do you know what that is have you heard of that i don't okay that's where um i guess something happens planetary wise where Mercury is in retrograde, which would seem to mean it's wearing bell bottoms and puka shells. And then it screws everything up. So anything electronic you don't want to do while you're in Mercury retrograde. So this is me holding my hands up. Okay. I'm not going to touch anything. And I'm just going to one more time try to say, hello, Debbie Gutierrez. (laughs) It is time to throw cinnamon out your door, though. You sweep a little cinnamon outside your front door. On uh, the first of the month. Okay. For, and it's, yeah. Good and luck. it's May Day, right? Isn't yeah. there the Maypole and all that? Yeah. And you know, comedians are some of the most superstitious people you can be around. Um, comedians and, uh, and baseball players, I think. Oh, yeah. Baseball players. I forgot about them. They're real superstitious. And those Catholics, yeah. good God. <laughs> Don't get her throat. Jeez. <laughs> well, as the little thing underneath us says there, uh, Debbie Gutierrez at the Comedy Club, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the MGM Grand, the 8th through the 10th of May. So that's coming up here pretty quick. Uh, what's tougher for you? Are you there for the week? There for the week, Monday through Sunday, ending on Mother's Day. So Brad always brings me in for Mother's Day, and then he joins on the weekend. And so he's on stage uh, with me on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it is such a ball because the first of the week I get like maybe 40 minutes with the audience. And then he comes on and I maybe get five or six because I don't know. It's so fun working with Brad because you don't know if he's behind you. Like people are laughing and you're like, he's behind me, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So you just never know. But um, he has fun. I would think as... as t- as tall as he is, Debbie, I would think you'd uh, you'd know if he was behind you, but apparently no, not. No, no, I'll be in the middle of a setup and the audience is laughing. I'm like, well, the setup is killing, <laughs> and he's behind me. Yeah, so you know, and I forget how tall he is because we're really good friends. We we've been very close for years, and I don't realize how tall he is, and I think that's true with most friends because if we're going to lunch or dinner or whatever you don't realize it unless you're walking next to them then it's like oh <laughs> go ahead Brian, i'll be there yeah that's me walking with my wife as i as she laps me i can't i can't keep up because her legs are so stinking long you know <laughs> oh well yeah. hey so being a grandma um is that uh do, now are you the grandmommy comic now did no. you have to add <laughs> ah. <laughs> you know this business everybody's all hush hush about their age and uh it's so funny because um somebody is producing a documentary about latina comics over the age of 50 and i'm the only one that admitted <laughs> over the age of 50 i'm like woo documentary everybody, special about everybody me. else was like i'm not gonna tell you nothing how can you hide kids that are 38 you know come on so yeah, I feel you there. Uh, you sort of, uh, you, you got a whole new, I would think, source for material though, right? I mean, the little one's going to give you something new every five minutes. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's such a different time than when I got married and raised kids and 
like, you know, and I talk about trends on stage, like a baby moon, you know, where these couples now they go on a baby moon, which is like a, a they get the word from honeymoon and they go on these exotic vacations and spend a lot of money and they get mentally and spiritually and emotionally ready for baby, ready for baby, <laughs> ready for baby. I'm like, this is how you get ready for baby. First yeah. of all, you save every damn dime you can and you don't go anywhere. And then <laughs> set your alarm clock to go off every two hours in the middle of the night. And, yep. you know, that's how you get ready for baby. That's your baby moon right there. That's your baby moon right there. Did it all come back to you as second nature, having been <gasps> mom and done oh, it all? Just things like things that I forgot about, you know like toddlerhood. Oh my gosh. It's like be living with a dictator and, um, you know, they just, and like something he loved yesterday that he loved. I go around. I love that song. And then I sing it the next day. And he literally, <laughs> so I'm like, you love this crap yesterday. Uh, what happened? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then when we FaceTime, sometimes he looks past me. And if my husband, Travis, is working and can't get to the phone, he's like, I got to go quick. <laughs> <laughs> How is yeah. Travis, by the way? Is he uh, is he acclimating to grandfatherhood? Oh, he loves it. He loves it. I think grandfathers will always be the same. They'll always be that person that throws you a little too high. <laughs> Gives you a little Whoops. too much sugar. Yeah. Ceiling and fan. Whoops. That's <laughs> <laughs> you off. You're fine. You're fine. That's yeah, all yeah. grandpa say. You're fine. You're good. You're fine. Yeah. But the funny thing is, if you do that very same stuff as a dad, you're considered to be like an idiot. You know, grandpa gets away with it. Yeah. yeah. That's I remember. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's because I think. They real you they realize your value as grandparents as they go on, like, oh, you know, would you like me to come babysit? Woo, that kid comes flying through your door. <laughs> you just hit the nail on the head right there. It's that uh, availability, I think, that at least um in in my experience, because we're up to five grandkids now. Wow. And we don't live we don't live near any of them. So yeah, if hard. it's very, very hard, but it's also freeing in a way because you're not on speed dial. So that's kind of cool. When you come over, you're coming over on your terms and you just got off an airplane. So you get a little slack for that versus, oh, you're right <laughs> down the street. You're like a light switch. It's grandma time, right? Yeah. 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 So I came out here for two weeks. This is my second week here and it's beautiful and peaceful. We're in the middle of Pennsylvania. They live on ah. 53 acres of land. It's just gorgeous and peaceful. And it's so different from LA. So different. And did you grow did like, you grow up in LA? Were you are you yeah. a, a Los Angelino? Okay. So Yeah. So always a Southern Californian. So it's just weird, like little things like watching the local news and nobody has plastic surgery. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like, why do the anchors look odd? And I realized, yeah. oh, nobody has plastic surgery. And had any so, work done. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and uh, it's not it's not just the news, Debbie. It's a trip to the store, right? I mean, everybody in line with you at the grocery store hasn't had plastic surgery. Right. And they're very nice, very nice to you, and very conversational. And I'm just kind of not used to that from Southern California. <laughs> so don't, yeah. Don't look at me. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um are you are you tempted to stay and just say the heck with this? 
call Brad Garrett and say, forget it. I, I'm stuck in Pennsylvania with my grandkid. No, because I do love what I do. I mean, I, I'm getting I'm getting to that age where most people get to like, am I going to continue with this? Am I going to slow down a little bit? Am I going to, you know, go full force? Am I going to reinvent myself? And I'm entertaining all that right now because the world of comedy and stage has certainly changed. And mm-hmm. we saw it with COVID and we saw all these TikTokers who are hilarious. I'm not going to be one of those comics like they're not funny. They're funny for about yeah. three minutes, you know, and it's a, at a shot, but yeah. they can't hold an audience for 45 to an hour. And, but they sell tickets. So it's kind of a conundrum, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, so are I'm you, grateful. Are you finding a, a lot of those TikTokers are touring TikTokers now? Or are they, yeah, are they out to, yeah. really? I did not yeah. know this. Because they sell tickets, Wayne. They sell tickets. Mm. Gotcha. But again, they can't like go more than, and they're hilarious and they're nice people. But, you know, a seasoned comic knows how to, you know, entertain hard for 30 minutes, bring it down during the check drop and then bring it back up and close the show. And mm-hmm. So, you know, they have, they have some things to learn about um, showtime, you know, how that works different than looking at your phone but they're funny they're funny they're so young they're so young i mean so when you when you were when you were that young the typical way to get it done was to go and get stage time somewhere anywhere as much as you could right yeah and you couldn't you know press your phone click on something on your phone and get millions of people watching you at a time it really was whoever could see you at that club that you were at you know Mm -hmm. um I was listening to a podcast today. Uh, do you ever listen to Mark Mayron's podcast? No. Oh my gosh, he's so good. Um, he has everything from Obama. He does a lot of comedians. But I was listening to his podcast today with Bud Friedman, and Bud's talking about the day when they were building up, you know, the improv and the comedy store, and then Jamie comes in with the Laugh Factory, and you know, I was there when they were all at their height. And so it was pretty typical for me to do all three rooms in one night. Yeah. Jump in the car and get over there as fast as that little Toyota would take you. Oh my gosh. And sometimes you'd be with another comedian and you would just drive around and drive around, drop that comedian off and come pick them up when, and they would switch into the driver's seat and then they would drive around. So you didn't have to find parking. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. So in a way, I mean, do you kind of wish you had it as easy as they do now? Because boy, you're right. One push no. the button and you million I learned people. a lot. I learned how to be confident. I learned how to travel. I learned how to drive in any kind of weather. I learned uh, how to read a map <laughs> <laughs> and a Thomas guide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, when these people bitch about the road, I just feel like saying, shut the F up. I mean, come on. You have no idea. It's not, you know, when you get off a plane and, and you got to figure out a taxi and or figure a rent a car or, you know, and they tell you on the on the uh, directions, like where on the um, what was that map that Thomas guide? Yeah. <laughs> where the coordinates yeah. were. And you had to read that. Yeah. Big book. So I, yeah. Yeah. So I had to learn all that. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. You know, some would probably accuse me of being on his payroll, but I'm not. It's just that uh, it was a time in my life that I remember. So I'm going to ask you, 
Does the name John Yoder ring a bell with you at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you work for him? I don't think what what did he own or what he was an agent who handled co- uh, comedians in the Midwest primarily no. and all the gigs were all the gigs were like nine hours apart and so those one nighter things yes no I was very very lucky that um my first night as a stand up I hadn't thought about this in a long time I took a class and the graduating class does a set and I had I think a 17 minute set, which is pretty long for a newcomer. But I was a teacher before that. And if you want somebody to learn something, give it to a teacher because they'll figure it out. Sure. So I figured out how to do it. And I loved comedy. I loved it. I wanted to be a comedian since I was six, but no parent goes, you should be a comedian. So, so anyways, I did my set and there was a guy in the audience who took my phone number down and then he gave it to a manager. Uh, he he passed a little bit ago, Howard Lapidus. And um, Howard and um, his partner, Rick Bernstein, were big, you know, in the comedy world. I mean, they were managing, um, who were they managing at the time? I can't remember offhand right now, but they're big, right? And mm-hmm. so I went to go see them. It's so funny because I go, well, I can't see you until the break, the school break. And they're like, do you know who we are? I'm like, do you know who I am? <laughs> I've got kids that I got to teach. I can't just drop everything and come see you. I didn't right. realize how big they were. And so they were able to make phone calls and just get me kind of um, to the front of the line. I, I know that sounds terrible, but I once I was there, I had to really prove it. You had your one shot and that was it. Sure. So, um, so they got me into, you know, they, got, they kind of um, fast forwarded me. But I was ready. It wasn't a, a but favor. You, you hit the nail on the head, though. If if it's one thing to get the opportunity, it's another thing to do what you need to do to take advantage right. of that moment, right? Right. And I was a real rule follower. And so the things I learned in comedy class, like don't drink, you know, don't socialize and in, in socialize with the wait staff. Um, don't smoke. Don't it just you know don't take people's jokes. Um, don't make fun of the crowd size. Just all those little things that that I learned it made me a real pro when I got on stage. And I just, you know, and, and I was a mom. I, w- I had two little ones at home. So I didn't have time to mess around. I didn't have time to get on stage and figure out if this joke worked. I went to the park with other moms. I'm like, hey, you guys think this is funny? And I would practice with them <laughs> because they were my target audience. Yeah, you had like a built-in focus group, didn't you? exactly and i didn't want to waste people's time and money going up there with a notebook saying hey does this work no they paid good money they paid for drinks they paid for a sitter you know mm-hmm. and so yeah i i just came out of the gate prepared so who, who are some of the uh, comics that you can remember sharing a bill with at that stage any names we'd know ian bag uh mm. oh gabe iglesias Really? He came to one of my shows. He was like 17 and he came to the show and he goes, I just want to be a stand-up. You know, that's all I want to do. Can I talk to you? Can I buy you a drink and talk to you? 17. You can't buy me a drink. So, um, <laughs> you can so, buy me one, but I'm going to card you first. Yeah. So I sat down with Gabe at, a, at an event and he was just taking notes and he was just drinking it all up. And, and then he came out of the gate at 18 and, and so I was there by his side for those years. And then 
I remember being on the road with him, um, or he was on the road with me at the time, uh, on his 21st birthday. And oh. all the guys were like, we're going to take you to strip club, Gabe. And they get to the strip club and it's too expensive. So they just took Gabe in the parking lot. And they watch the girls walk to their cars. And I'm like, honey, it's not always going to be like this. It's not always going to be like this. But I Run, yeah, Running they, across a lot with a dollar bill in your hand? Right, right. So, you know, and then Travis produced the first uh, couple, his first couple albums. So I saw oh. Gabe grow from a very young guy to this seasoned comic. And that's been Was he Was amazing. he fluffy at, at that age? Was he fluffy? No. Uh, you mean chunky? Yeah. His word is fluffy, I think. Yeah. 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 And I remember um, getting on a Southwest flight with him coming home from the first Latino laugh festival. And I had been breastfeeding a baby then. And so I had to get home and breastfeed. So like the first 20 minutes of that flight was all these questions about breastfeeding. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> we can talk comedy. But he was really fascinated. Like, so does it hurt? What happens if there's no milk? Is it just air? I remember him asking uh, that. I'm like, no, not just air. So, um, yeah, so fluffy. Uh, okay. Do you, him, do you, you stay know. in, do you stay in touch with him now? You know, he was in Pittsburgh the first week I got here. And so we texted back and forth cause I'm here. So, okay. um, but yeah, I hear from him. Yeah. He's very busy, but always very sweet. And, and most of my texts are like continued success or, you know, I'm so happy sure. to see what you're doing. So, oh, I know he, he's, he, I'm sure he, he puts you on a pedestal and deservedly so. I, I can adorable. tell you this in, in 2005, he was, uh, he was on my show in Richmond, Virginia, where I was at the time. And uh, he came in the studio, super nice guy. And he goes, Hey, buddy, I'm going to do you a favor. I said, What's that? He goes, I'm going to get you some new clothes. And I said, What? He goes, Yeah, just follow my lead. I said, Okay. So we go on the air. Oh, we, well, he asked me the name of the local big and tall place. So I wasn't quite sure. We looked it up. I told him what it was. He goes, all right, just stay where you are and watch what I do. So he goes on the air and he goes, uh, hey, as soon as we get off the air, we're going to go over to blah, 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 big and tall shop. What? He goes, my buddy Wayne here and I, we're going to go in. He goes, I need some new clothes for tonight's show. Hopefully they got what I need, but I'd like to make sure Wayne gets something nice too. Like that, just completely did like a live commercial for this place that he'd never been to before. Literally, we got off the air. I got off the air. I went into the break room there, and about an hour later, I didn't go with him, but an hour later, he comes back to the station with a bag, and inside the bag are two shirts, really nice ones, by the way, kind of nice Hawaiian things, that he picked up. They didn't charge him a dime. He just shouted them out of on the air. Of course not. Of course not. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. He's on um he's on a video um if you YouTube me, I've got a couple things on YouTube that I'm really proud of. And one of them is my husband surprised me by contacting um a lot of my friends in comedy and um club owners, agents, comics, managers, and they wish me a happy twenty fifth anniversary. And this was uh, oh. five years ago. And he's on there and um uh Ralph Harris um, Brad Garrett, Sherry Shepard, um, all these comics that I've worked with wow. throughout the years who all said, you know, happy Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo Bowden's one of my dearest friends and he's in Vegas right now. He's got the, week I was just going to say, Brad. we did it. We did a corporate together, Alonzo 
uh, and I and one other comic, uh, it was beginning of the year, not this year, but last year in January. It was for a convention. And I was, you know, MC guy, and he was a uh, comedian guy, and I couldn't even deliver my lines. That's how hard I was laughing. I mean, he's oh just my gosh, he's so hilarious. Funny. He's like an he's assassin. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I love Alonzo. I love Alonzo. He did my podcast when I did when the when the pandemic hit. Uh, you know, I've been on the chew and the view and I, and I talk about being this mom and wife who would leave for a couple weeks at a time and how I would prep my kitchen and, and all that and meal prep. And so they brought me on the view, they brought me on the chew and that's kind of my ankle. So when the pandemic hit, I go, I know how to cook. I'm going to teach people how to cook with what's in their fridge. What, excuse me, what's in their pantry. I can do this. And so Alonzo came on my podcast and we looked in his refrigerator and like everything is Italian appliances, gorgeous home. And he opens the fridge and there's nothing but water. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no food. <laughs> what does he, does he door dash every meal or yeah, something? Every meal, every oh, meal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what about um, you? Do you do, do you take advantage of uh, the delivery services that are out there now? They're fun, but man, they can, they can get pricey yeah. and it's so funny. Cause I, you know, I go visit people who have just nothing but menus on their fridge and they just <laughs> pull them off. Hey, here's where we're going next. But I knew the pandemic was real when Alonzo Bowden got a dog and I'm like, oh man, we're not going anywhere for a while. If Alonzo got a dog, that means he's home. <laughs> Stay put. Yeah. In fact, this was yeah. this was during the pandemic. The thing we did together was it was a weird thing because they they didn't cancel the convention. They had it, but it was virtual. Okay, so everything was like oh, what we're those doing are now. Tough. Yeah, those are it was tough. real tough. But hey, yeah. he was good about the doing the comedy and connecting through you know a little laptop computer camera or whatever. Yeah, was he was fantastic. He's the that best. Way. How did you do, how did you do your your cooking show during the pandemic? So I went to the grocery store and I came back in tears and I told my husband, people are just so scared out there and, and what they have is limited, you know, in the grocery store. And we didn't know at the time, we didn't know how this was being spread. We, you know, people were looking like surgeons and full blown everything and sanitizing <laughs> and, and it was just, and, and some stores took advantage and hiked up prices and pasta shelves were empty. And it was just, it just felt so, so foreign. So I told my husband, turn the camera on me. I want to talk to my friends. And I said, we've got this. We've got this. We're going to go through pantries and freezers and refrigerators. And we're going to talk to neighbors. And we're going to start building meals that you might have forgotten, like sloppy joes and stuffed bell peppers and macaroni and cheese and mm. quesadillas. And just oh. things like that food that you had at home, you know? You're killing uh, me. I mean, yeah. literally killing me. <laughs> chili beans and soups and mm. so then travis got involved and once travis got involved it turned into this whole production and we did this cooking show from our kitchen with uh three or four cameras and we did restream and we did um we could see comments from people and then neighbors started to leave us things at our doorstep it was so odd we'd open the door and there'd be limes and lemons and figs and um, pasta and, you know, just because if they went shopping, they would buy something and they would leave it on our doorstep, avocados. Yeah. And, and then we taught people how to cook. We taught people Grab how to Grab something for Debbie. 
Yeah, we're yeah. at Vaughn's. We, we need a Debbie bag. Hurry up. Oh, my gosh. We did the one show was Guess Who the Is? Because I'm like, the easiest thing in the world. And so then our neighbors are like, oh, my mom's visiting. She would like a quesadilla. I'm like, okay, we'll cook it for her right now. That was the mm-hmm. beauty of having it live, you know? Sure. And so we would, and then neighbors started texting what kind of quesadilla they wanted. So I think we delivered 23 quesadillas that day, just left them outside wow. the door and they would come pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and we, d- I, I got to ask you this. I'm glad you brought it up because I've always had a debate about the quesadilla. Hopefully I said that the right way. Um, not Napoleon Dynamite where it was a quesadilla, remember? Um, do you do you deep fry it, the quesadilla? No, you don't. I think that's an American thing. Um, like fajitas are an American thing and churros are an American thing and the deep fried burrito. Um, I think those are Americanized versions. We'll um, fry anything here in America. I know, right? I'm in I'm in Philadelphia. They they fry everything and then put it on top of a salad. I'm like, why yeah. are French fries part of a salad? Because <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hate this really great potato chip um, at Trader Joe's because we went shopping out here, and I asked my husband to buy some in California, and he said they don't sell them in California because they contain lead. I'm like. Uh. Oh, you know what? That's probably real. That's he's yeah. probably not even making that up. No, no, he said I can't find them. They said there's a Proposition 65 or whatever, so there's lead in them. So they'll eat potato chips with lead out here. There's but, a famous um, potato chip from from Pennsylvania, isn't it? Like, I think hers maybe H E R R S. One of those. I'm gonna go look for it. Yeah, it's. Fa- I think it's it's yeah. Philly famous. I'm pretty sure you can get it at uh, uh, Jersey Mike's. They sell them, and I think they're out of Philly. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So you you're telling me definitively that when you make the quesadilla, you don't put it in butter or oil and fry the outside of it. No. No. We did like this big quesadilla bar. So we had grated different grated cheeses. We had chilies. We had bacon. I had a little mm. bag of shrimp in the freezer. So we we uh, stir fried some shrimp, um, onions. You know, and it was like, a, and so they would just tell us what they wanted in their quesadilla, and we would just make it and wrap it up and there you go because a lot of these food shows on the during the pandemic were like you get your fontina cheese i'm like who has fontina cheese nobody has fontina cheese i'll show you how to make a good mac and cheese with what you have damn straight so, yeah yeah so yeah and i think oh go ahead. go ahead and sometimes giving people permission to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner we were under a lot of stress during the pandemic and it's like you know what pbj's all around and some you cheeses. Can't, you can't and beat you it. it. Yeah. But I think people were just, we had people connecting over all the different states. And we had, and then there was that big uh, storm in Texas. And we had several people watching in Texas that actually connected with each other to help each other out. And the only way they knew each other was through the show. And so we just built this great community that we were really proud of. We did a hundred shows. And then we called it a day because, you know, grocery stores started to open up again. So I would think that content would be evergreen, though. You could uh, yeah, you could continue watching that. Oh, somebody's calling right now, Debbie. They want to know if they can have a quesadilla. So I'm going to tell them to call back later. They heard. See, Um, word gets out quick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so those shows, I, I, I was saying they're, they're out there though. If you want to watch them, are they on YouTube? On YouTube. I have a YouTube channel I, and something else I have just got released last month on YouTube that I'm really proud of is I did a Ted talk and, um, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'll do. It took me eight, eight months to write it and to, in every single word is vetted and you have to memorize every single word. It has to pass all this coaching. It's really hard. And, but I stepped up to the plate to do it. And it was about how I have a transgender child. And since I talk about my children on stage, um, when my transgender child came out, it was hard. Like, what do I do with this? You know, I, I don't know. Will I be canceled? Will people hate me? Will they make fun of me? Will they make fun of my child? Which is absolutely not. And, and at the time, comedians were doing a lot of jokes about transgender people and kicking them in the gut. And that wasn't going to be me. So I left my kids at the same age for years and didn't talk about it and just left them at that age. And at one point I'm like, I'm not authentic anymore. It's just, I, I'm, I, you know, and, and so, uh, I got some help and then I told, oh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she goes, I'm going to help you with this mom. She goes, okay, like we got to learn about the vocabulary and so she was going, okay, you're cisgender, mom. I'm like, I don't think I'm that. And she goes, no, you're cisgender. And she explained what it is. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. So all cisgender means is I'm a woman. I identify as a woman. That's it. And okay. transgender means somebody who, like like my child, was born male but identifies as female. So that's transgender. And then there's gender fluid. There's She started naming all these off. And I go, wait, 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 wait. Because she got it's a to, lot to, to take it's in. It's a there. lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And she said asexual. And I'm like, what? Because as a parent, you're like, there are certain words you respond to, like fire, or we have a warrant, um, and sex. You're like, sex? What did you say about sex? Yeah. So she goes, asexual. You're not allowed go, to use that word. Right. And she goes, yeah. and, uh, I go, what's asexual? She goes, that's someone who doesn't want sex at all. I said, oh my God, that's me. And she said, <laughs> no, mommy, you're just tired. Uh, and so <laughs> we laughed so hard. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this can be something I talk on stage because I laughed and she laughed. And then I told my mom about my child and she was quiet for a long time. And she goes, I like the transgender people. I just don't like that Kardashian one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. mom, nobody likes her. You know, yeah. nobody likes her. Um, yeah, I just heard about- uh, why I was watching an interview with O.J. Simpson. I have no idea, but he he was telling some stories from from back in those days that um, I guess only he would know. But he said that you kind of knew where things were headed way early, and I guess I guess you do, right? I mean, if you're if that's who you, you did- are. Yeah, once and, and I think the person who is going through it is a couple years ahead of you, but they still don't know how to. And I have to say last five years we've had so much more education about what's going on we're sharing language we know more people um and i'm so wayne i'm so proud of my ted talk because it talks about how i developed an understanding i incorporated into my act i am teaching people what it means to be transgender or to love someone who's transgender to be careful who you hate because it be could be somebody you love and um and it's, I'm just really, really proud of it. And so it's, 
if you go to uh, TED Talk with my name, it's there on YouTube to see. And it's it's a great 10-minute speech. And I'm just really, really proud of it. Is, are they all 10 minutes? Is that is that the idea? They're all 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So And hard I, to do. No, I was just going to say, I, everybody that I know that's done one has said, and I know now you're like the third person I know, and they've all said the same thing, which is, oh, it's way harder than you think. And there are comedians that they've brought on, and it's easy for them because they just do their set. You know, Angela Johnson, Maz Durbani, they did their set. And so uh, that's easy. But they're with me. They go, look, you're a comedian that has something important to say. and you are more than a comedian. And I had never heard that, you know, you can do this and mm -hmm. it's important for you to do this. And then I had um, really great people like Ian Bag and, and, and uh, Craig Robinson who championed me and said, don't go for the laughs. If they laugh at something, cause it, it has some levity. Don't, uh, hooked into the, oh, laugh, you know, that was my and, question. Were you able to keep it sort of light at times? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Comes and naturally to you. No, no. I because that's no. what they were warning me about. It's like there's the first year off where you're like, hey, I got more. And you gotta stay in that in that teaching informative. Sure. Well, you you, know, you started off as a teacher, so it yeah, it's almost like you kind of go back to your roots in that regard. So uh and so I sent the the link to those guys to Ian and Craig, and they were, they couldn't be prouder and just that, you know, and they were right, you know. I was more than a comedian. I could be somebody who could bring something important to the table and make it palatable for everybody to go, okay, this is what this looks like. It's not the end of the world. It's, you know, uh, let's share some language. Let's share some ideas. And, um, and they're still your kids. So you still like, you know, Hey, get a job, <laughs> get a job. <laughs> I went through the education. I got it all down now. Now go get a job. And I talk to, to people in the LBGTQ and they want that from their parents. You know, they, they want to have those boundaries. They want, and boundaries makes a kid feel safe. And sure. uh, so you're still a parent. You still have ideas and dreams. You know, your dreams shift a little bit, but you still have goals. So mm -hmm. I'm really, really proud of that work. I would be too if I were you. Very good. Yeah. Proud of you. Hey, so the oh, daughter that, uh, the daughter that, uh, that gave you the education. Um, what's her name? Pilar. You remember Pilar? She was like this big and she had a voice like she's playing nickel slots and smoking her whole life. <laughs> Do you know what? I was just going to tell you, I remember her kind of taking over our newsroom at the radio station and I didn't think we were going to be able sorry. to get her out of there. No, she was having fun. She was drawing for you or something while she was in oh there. Oh my God. And I think she was deep into her project. So we just had to let her finish. Oh my God. She, we went to Vegas and she was four at the time. Yeah. And she, there was a knock at the hotel door and she goes, Oh, that's housekeeping with my rollaway. I'm like, Oh, you're playing Vegas too much. You're coming with mommy. And then yes. I couldn't find her. I was playing the riv at the time and I couldn't find her. And they had taken her upstairs to see the drag show, um, Frank Marino's drag show. And Whoa. so. I went to go get her and she goes, mom, my favorite is coming right now. And it was, I think Tammy Wynette. And I'm like, yeah. and she had a drink with all these cherries in it. They made my drink just the way I like it. And oh my so we're, we're walking out of there and she tells the door guy, bye, Sean. He goes, bye, Pilar. And I'm like, you know what? No more Vegas. 
<laughs> go in a kindergarten. Go in a kindergarten. Yeah. She was so, four years old, ordering rollovers. Yeah. Roll away beds. I love that. Roll away beds. Yeah. Uh, so what's next for you, Debbie Gutierrez? What What do you do? I mean, you're going to keep doing stand-up. There's no way you'll ever stop, I don't think. But what, what else and you want to you know, do? I'm so grateful that, that guys that really like me are um, – I work with Arsenio Hall and Jay Leno. And oh, of yeah. course, Brad Garrett. And so, I mean, you couldn't ask for better. You couldn't ask for better brothers in this business, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and, and there are times when I'm like packing my stuff to go, I'm like, I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm too old. I want to And then to get on stage, I'm like, Oh my God, I love this. And then yeah. I get off stage and I tell Travis, get me to the hospital because I think I pulled something. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> <laughs> um it's so funny because my my uh my doctor who tests me for diabetes he says why does your sugar go up at a certain time of night and i said oh i'm a stand-up i get excited and and you know the adrenaline kicks in he goes can you do your show and not get excited i'm like nope. what yeah yeah are you new so um i love it i love it um i'm thinking that hopefully with more um coverage of my TED talk that I can get out there and talk to some groups about, uh, you know, what it's like to have a a child in the LBGTQ, um, or really anybody Wayne, because we've all had kids that go off the rails. We all have kids that like, you know, they're going one direction and they go in another one. And you're like, Whoa, what do I do? And, um, you know, cause I have six, we have six different rails. I mean, they're all, they're all unique, you know, and they all do their thing in their way. And, all you can do is just sort of try to understand them and keep on loving them, right? Right. So I think the talk talks to a lot of parents like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that the talk with enough press and and uh, buzz around it will will create those opportunities for me to talk to you. So you go to wherever, you go to TED Talks website and you just type in D-E-B-I, I would imagine, because that's unique. And yeah, my name is Debbie Gutierrez. Yeah, yeah. Pop up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward on to that. YouTube. And and on I'm sorry YouTube. we got the on on oh on YouTube at the TED Talk YouTube. channel. Yeah, right? You go to YouTube, you can go YouTube, my name, and it's the first one that comes up, or you can go to my website, um, which is just my name, and it'll it comes right up. So yeah, I would love to get some more views on that. Would you mind if we just played it on the air? Would that be okay? Yeah, that'd be fine. I don't know what the TED Talk people will have to say about that, but that it matters i mean it's streaming i kind of so, want to hear it now i want to i want to hear what you had to say yeah it's it's odd to see me measured slow staying mm-hmm. in the red circle you know um but i'm really proud of myself it showed me that i could do something um other than comedy and uh i'm real proud of it real proud of it um and um uh I'm going blank on his name. Well, Jimmy Brogan, who has worked closely with um, with uh, uh, Jay Leno and Fritz Coleman. That's his name. Do you remember Fritz Coleman? No, Leather but I guy? know Jimmy Brogan. No, yeah. I don't know Fritz. So, uh-uh. so they told me, and I have a picture. Travis took a picture. We're talking backstage at Flappers Comedy Club in the kitchen. And they're saying, you need to write about your kid. You need to, to talk about it on stage. I think that it has a lot to offer. And and uh, that was just such a trajectory in comedy to to do that. So, yeah. And you do, yeah. and you do, you do talk about 
uh, all all the whole family in your act. I mean, it's not. I do. No sacred cows there, right? Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe, and they <laughs> ask for money, and that's cool. I'll pay them. So. <laughs> uh, Debbie yeah. Gutierrez, you're going to see her at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at MGM Grand, and we got rid of that scroll immediately as soon as you corrected oh, me on the dates. It's all week. So, it's all week, and then okay, on the weekend, so like starts I said, the eighth, right? Yeah, Monday through Sunday, including Mother's Day. So mothers do not want another robe. They don't want tea. They don't want freaking slippers or flowers that die. They want booze and adult laughs. They the want mommy comic. Yes, come see me. We're going to have a ball. And your website, Debbie, so everybody can find you online. What is it? Just that? my name. Just my name, Debbie Gutierrez. So w.debbiegutierrez.com. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to come and take in a show. I miss you. Oh, thank you. I miss you, too. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And tell that hubby of yours thanks because uh, he connected the dots and I was being a real pain in his ass. So No, uh, never, never, never. No, no, no. All right. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Okay, yes. We'll see you next week. There she goes. Uh, if you look at the list of Wayne's faves, you're going to find that name there. It took me eight years to learn how to spell it, but I finally put the... Uh, Team where it's supposed to be. Quick? Yeah. Can I? So, my daughter and son in love had their baby. I'm not bringing this in. This this lives here. Brad sent. Brad sent Aww. a teddy bear. Look at look how big it is. It's huge. Look at just it. like Brad. Look at he said <laughs> he said it was his when he was a little boy. Yeah, I can never imagine Brad being uh being smaller than that bear. She goes, Mommy, it scares the baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bigger than grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank thank you, Debbie. We'll see you soon. Okay, see you next week. Okay, thanks for everything. Bye. Our first guest has done it all. Her stand-up's been seen on HBO, CBS, and NBC. She won the National Peabody Award for hosting her very own show, A Place of Our Own. Please welcome Debbie Gutierrez. <laughs> I can't forget for one minute because as soon as you have your baby, right? That's the first thing they say, mommy. And they don't say it like normal people either, do they? No, they get themselves right up on you like a parrot on a pirate shoulder. Mommy, 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 mommy. Look, look, mommy. Listen, listen, listen. Are you watching? Are you watching? They don't care if you're driving, do they? Turn around, turn around. Look at me, look at me. I have an idea. Want to hear my idea? I have an idea. No, little girl. All your ideas are bad. Have you, right? Have they ever had a good idea? Have they ever said, hey, mommy, you take a nap. I'll empty you the dishwasher. That's a good idea. No. It's always some stupid idea that involves my wallet in the mall. That's not a good idea. I had one of those days. One of those days, ladies. You know those days, right? And when my husband came home, I was done. And we got in this huge fight. And he said, you know what, Deb? If you don't like being a mom, there's the door. And I thought to myself, I think I want the door. Right? People on the other side of the door, they know where their car keys are. They can make a sandwich if they're hungry. And he looked at me and said, oh my gosh, Deb. I just realized why you're all worn out at the end of the day and I'm not. I said, why? And he said, you care. 
first I was mad, right? And then I took a step back and I looked at my husband and I went, brilliant. Daddies don't care. Daddies don't care. Daddy has consequences, ladies. And then he uses them, right? Daddy doesn't care. Think about it. Here's, here, think about it. You're out tonight. You all have a teeny tiny purse, right? What's in your purse? A cell phone and a lipstick and that's it, right? But during the day, aren't you rocking a big old Mary Poppin bag, right? <laughs> what do you need? A bottle of water? I got a bottle of water. What do you need? A juice? I got a juice. What do you need? Your snack? I got a snack. Look at your husband. Can your husband pull a string cheese out from anywhere? No. <laughs> a dad's philosophy. If you're hungry, you should have eaten. <laughs> a dad can take his kid to a football game, watch him freeze, won't he? I'm cold, daddy. I'm so cold, daddy. I'm cold. And daddy goes, yeah, that's why I brought a jacket. Because <laughs> when your mama said, get a jacket, daddy listened. <laughs> Let's give a hand to the dads. husband come in. Let him be the backbone of your family, ladies. You're going to have so much more time on your hands. And daddy can do it. Let him do it. It's fun for you. My oldest child popped off at me and then slammed her bedroom door on my face, almost took off my nose. My husband calmly went downstairs, got his toolbox. What did he do? Took the door off the hinges. And then he made it fun for the other kids. Look at your sister's door. Look at your sister's door. That's funny right there. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Think about this. How many times do you say get in the car in a school morning? <gasps> right? <laughs> do you ever feel like they don't even... What am I doing? Do I sound like a dolphin? What's going on? Don't you hear me? <laughs> what does your husband do? Leaves. <laughs> Don't feel bad for your kids. Your kid will sit right next to dad at dinner. Daddy, remember what I didn't get in the car? I remember, that was funny. And then, daddy, remember when I dropped my books and I was crying? I remember, that was Remember mommy came out and said, stop the car! <laughs> I want to do that again. <laughs> now it's the end of the day and daddy wants a little. <laughs> some, some, give me a little some, some girl. How about a little some, some? Where's your little some, some? Have a little some, some and there's nothing, nothing. <laughs> You finally get that last kid to bed, right? Yeah, last glass of milk, last prayer, head on the pillow, and there your poor man is. Honey, 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 honey. Thank you very much, ladies. <laughs> oh, man, great memories there. That's, uh, that's back in the day. That's the OG, Debbie Gutierrez. That's when I first met her. Oh, boy, did we enjoy that uh, conversation, man. It was great to have her on. And uh, if you missed it, there'll be an encore presentation, and that'll be tomorrow. So make sure you listen then. And don't forget, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club, she will be there. And uh, that starts Monday, goes all the way through until Mother's Day. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. 
what you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800 800-557-7921. 800-557-7921. 800-557-7921. 800-557-7921. That's 800-557-7921. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market. At Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close. And with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us, kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U.com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-431-9102-800-431-9102-800-431-9102-800-431-9102 Hey, listen to this. Share Life Vacations has a special treat for you. It's a free three-day, two-night getaway to either magical Orlando or exciting Las Vegas. It's your choice. Absolutely no strings attached. Share Life will also include a second vacation to your choice of over 30 additional popular resort destinations. Now, we can't give everyone a fantastic prize package like this, so to make it fair, we're going to ask you a trivia question. You get it right, you'll win it all. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. This movie is about a British Secret Service agent who is frozen in time in the 1960s. Was that movie Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery? Press 1. Diamonds are forever. Press 2. Lethal Weapon. 
press 3. Got it? Well, then call 855-301-8586. 855-301-8586. That's 855-301-8586. ZenWorld Premium CBD offers full and broad-spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules, which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223. Visit online at ZenWorld.com or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KSHP for 10% off in-store or use code KSHP online for 15% off. Do you need low-priced, quality health insurance for any reason right now? Then call MyHealthInsurance.com today. We specialize in helping American workers find affordable health insurance. You can save money on dental, vision, prescription drugs, too. Our message is simple. If you want affordable health insurance for you and your family, even if you have a medical condition, call right now. Is right now the best time for you to start looking for affordable health insurance? We have hundreds of plans to choose from. With one free phone call, you can learn about an affordable health insurance plan that fits your budget. Don't wait. It's a free call. Call now. 800-876-7061. 800-876-7061. 800-876-7061. That's 800-876-7061. MyHealthInsurance.com is owned and operated by IHC Specialty Benefits, a licensed insurance agency. We are not an insurance plan or provider. Not all plans are available in all areas. You may be contacted by an insurance agent. My name is Michael Stefanski, and I am the owner and founder of Sin City Custom Suits, custom clothing concierge. I help gentlemen get into clothes that fit them like they're supposed to, that they pick out themselves and we craft together. 600 different suit fabrics to pick from, about 40 measurements to make sure the suit's going to fit you right. Then we decide, do you want two buttons on the front, three buttons on the front, how many on the sleeve do you want, like a custom photo lining for the inside of your jacket, any number of different things that you can think of. This is all about what do you want. And and when you ask guys, what do you want? They don't know because they've never given been given the option before. Because I help men look as absolute best as they can. It's transforming people's lives. If you've never had a suit that fits you right, you have no idea how much confidence it gives you. That's the important part. 702-767-2478. Instagram at Custom Suit Guy. Sin City Custom Suit. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. Hey, hey, thanks for being around. Mike Piscotti, ALSCure.org. Find out all about it. It is ALS Awareness Month, so do that. And thanks again to Debbie Gutierrez. You'll see her at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at MGM Grand starting next Monday all the way through Mother's Day. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7.